Welcome, everybody, to episode 103 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. You should follow us at Two on Three Pod on Twitter, and you can email us at Hello, hello. at Two on Three Pod.com. You know how much we love to hear from you. I'm Chris, and you can find me ranking fast food fries at CDVille Senor on Twitter. And with me is Ty. Where can we find you, and what are your preferences here? Well, you can find me disagreeing with you generally at S-E-A-T-J-K, but about your fry ranking specifically, you are so in the bag for McDonald's, and I just can't get on board with it. Really? You don't think McDonald's is the gold standard of fast food fries? It's not longevity. I mean, they literally turn to something other than food after about 25 minutes. <laughs> That's pretty much true of all fries. I did Now... Now we live in a in a place that has something like Dicks, which is they actually take pota- actual potatoes and like squeeze them through that deal, leave the extrude, yeah. <laughs> and cut, cut. They cut their fries and they make them, and I prefer those. So the um, see, I find those a, to be quite an acquired taste. Really, you don't like them because they, they turn out kind of soft, right? And yeah, I mean weird. that is it's not fries so much as it is hot potato, <laughs> like. I don't know what you call it. Like it's like hot potato pasta, <laughs> right? So, so I'm a, I'm a McD, and then I like the Five Guy fries. I hear that. I've never. I think we've talked before about. I've never been to a Five Guys, so I don't have an opinion. But I've heard yeah. that the the fries are something to behold. What's your preference? I I don't know if I have a specific preference. I mean, I I, I um, I it really for me it's about the the meal that it goes along with. I like a different kind of fry depending on the meal. So I'm not just like, you know, I go here for the fast food fries. I mean, yes, McDonald's fries. Um, I don't eat those anymore because they are uh, not something I can digest. So that tells me a lot about <laughs> what they are as far as a food product. And the kids God. still get them every once in a while when they get a Happy Meal. But again, if if you haven't eaten them, by the time they are room temperature, they are nearly inedible. That's I, again. I think that's true of most fries. I I will say that the curly fry offering is generally pretty good everywhere. Like if you can get curly fries, like yes. Jack in the Box or or Burger King. I think Burger mm. King has curly fries. I think those are pretty. I think those I like those generally. And then I think the crinkle cut is my least favorite. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were gonna like extol on the virtues of the crinkle cut. No, was... because you know that when you get crinkle cut fries anywhere, you know they're processed. There, there's just there's no way other way to get crinkle cut fries. There's you have to buy them out of a, a f- bag of frozen. That's which is why. Wait, Shake you don't Shack... think Jenny in nineteen from nineteen eighty eight is sitting at the fry <laughs> factory crimping every fry with her hair crimp? <laughs> Definitely. That's why Shake Shack is such a like a like a ripoff because you go there and you pay for their fries and they're not cheap and they're crinkle cut. You're like, come on. Yeah. You just bring out some Orita and drop them in the freezer <laughs> right. or the, the fryer. Yes. Which is the thing with about tots. When you get tots at a restaurant, you know, you're just getting Oritas, right? Yeah. But they're in the fryer and I don't have a fryer at my house. <laughs> I see. I see what you're saying, but I don't know. Anyway, that's my, that was my Mickey, uh, you know, just sort of, uh, just, but we, I think we can both agree that In-N-Out's like the worst fries ever in the history of French fry making. I don't even know how that works. I think I had them once, and I was like, well, these are disgusting, so I've ne- <laughs> never yeah. once gone back. Yeah, well, yeah, so that's, I think maybe we can agree that they are, they're dead last in this race. Right, you've got, if you, uh, my understanding is that if you want decent In-N-Out fries, you have to order them like fried extra hard. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know how that works. I mean, you could just pile on that animal style with some cheese and some junk on there, and that 
kind of masks the nastiness of them, but for the most part now, I just go there. I'm like, skip the fries, man. I don't want them. I don't even want to see them. Don't bring them to me. Which is where are you going to an In and Out? Uh, I went to In and Out um, over Thanksgiving. We drove. We drove to Las Vegas, if you recall. Right. And there are a couple of uh, there. There are a couple of places in Oregon you can go, mm-hmm. and then of course certainly California, and Nevada. They're they're everywhere. So, right. but uh, that's the closest one you can get. I think is. Um, like Ashland, Oregon, or somewhere down there. Gotcha. The way you were speaking about it, it made it sound like I'm sort of in your rotation. I was like, is there some In-N-Out like near you that I'm not aware of? <laughs> no. Do you know Fake In-N-Out, the Great State, Great State Burger? No. Man, they're they're they make a they make a they make a very good um, knockoff of In-N-Out, but then they charge you like three X for it. Mm. <laughs> it's 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 a twenty dollar lunch if you get a burger, fries, and a drink. You're in for twenty. Yeah, we have a local chain around here, uh, Burgermaster. Yeah. And Burgermaster is, is better than most. It is more like a restaurant burger than it is a fast food burger, but it's served to you in a fast food style. Right. In but, the drive up, in the, in the, in the car hop way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, fa- taking the family there, that's like a $50 endeavor. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't seem in line. I have to watch what I say. I, I know people who have a financial stake in the business personally. And I don't oh, really? want to, I don't want to badmouth their business. I'm just saying it's kind of expensive. <laughs> no, it is. Yeah. You go there, you burger fries and a shake and you're in for 17, 18 bucks. Easy. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> but it's good. It's it is just, good. It's just expensive. Yes. Anyway, but where else speak- can you get the double bacon master? <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about the burger melt. Anyway, uh, that's out for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> so speaking of, speaking of, Expensive. I think maybe that's uh, kind of uh, kind of where we're headed tonight with uh, into the land of expensive. We're uh, we're going to discuss choosing the proper status candle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're going to talk about the Megxit because I think that's a, I think there's a there's an important thing going on there, not with just her, but just family dynamics in general. Okay. And then we'll touch a little bit on our uh, Seattle's horrible obsession with snow. Uh, we'll do the Dejatwa. And then off to the overtime where we will remember um, the world's perhaps greatest rock drummer and some other news and stuff. So what do you say we get into it? Let's do it. All right. So big news this week was the folks at Goop decided that they would um, start (laughs) marketing a new candle. Mm -hmm. And the candle is called... This candle smells like my vagina. Now, mm-hmm. we all know that Goop is <laughs> is owned and operated by Gwyneth Paltrow. So I'm just assuming that Gwyneth Paltrow is saying this candle smells like her vagina specifically. That's the reporting as I've seen it. I haven't done any follow-up investigation. <laughs> which, which leads me to the first thing. What, well, there's an idea that says, oh, this is really cute. Why don't we just call this, why don't we just call this uh, particular... Um, thing you know this smells like my vagina and we'd all think that was cute ha 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 and then what if she actually said in that meeting i really mean it i want it to smell like my vagina so like scent scientists have to now like replicate the actual scent of her vagina which i think like borders on some sort of workplace harassment <laughs> like, <laughs> like borders <laughs> The CEO wants me to replicate the smell of her vagina for this candle that we're going to be launching in the new year. And now she's going to make me do all these things 
so that we can produce this product. I mean, is, are we right for a lawsuit here over at the Goop, at Goop Industries? I don't see how you couldn't be. But <laughs> before we even get to the ramifications, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> so, I, you know, I've done the sex. <laughs> sure. <laughs> We've established I'm a we- noted sex haver. <laughs> right. And I need, especially in the past where my living quarters were confined. Sure. The aftermath of the sex having is a notable kind of yeah aroma. Sure. That, that perhaps there's lingers. A, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on when that's going on. Right. Now, that is a, that is a, a mixture of a lot of different things. There is, right. there's, there's sweat and, and two people yeah. and not just... A candle yeah. that smells like a vagina, <laughs> right? And 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 your and your pile of dirty laundry, and right. uh, and your windows open, and someone's smoking pot outside. <laughs> I mean, there's lots of things going on. There's a lot of things going on. So I got to assume that this candle is not that smell, because otherwise you call it that, right? The, the sex, the sex smell. Sure. Which would be a weird thing. Like, just I, I've scented my house so that you think that I've always smashed right before you got here. <laughs> right. Uh, but secondly. The, when so the candle's called this smells like my vagina when, <laughs> when? I, need, I need more detail because again just this idea is a broad range of possible outcomes right now i'm not going to purchase this particular product <laughs> i'm just gonna go out and say that but what i what i will say is that my my sense of it is that they're not producing something biological. <laughs> it's more of a, it's more of a, in my mind, I think maybe that's what they meant to say. Like in, in parentheses before that, it's like in my mind, this smells like, you know, this smells like Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina. Interesting. I don't <laughs> think that makes it better. It smells like, it smells like, you know, fields of grass after a fresh you know summer rainstorm i don't know well it smells like geranium citrusy (laughs) bergamot and cedar absolutes juxtaposed with damask rose and ambrit seed to put us in the mind of fantasy seduction and sophisticated warmth right what what that's not what her vagina smells like i'm almost positive like, I don't know. The first and only joke I saw about this was that I don't understand how they're going to, the joke was, I don't understand how they're going to meet production demands. I mean, you got to pour the wax in and then wait for it to set. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. There is a, there's a, there's an economy of scale issue that we're dealing with here for sure. She's a trooper though. Yeah. Well, I mean, I hadn't thought or heard of goop in, a long time and she mm. put her they, she put herself right up on the right up on the front of the uh right up on the front of the internet for uh for a good long stretch for at least a 24-hour stretch so um maybe she got the job done after i after i peeled the peeled the uh onion on this uh it i realized that there's a whole scent candle scented candle industry that makes me laugh very hard you made me learn more about candles in the last hour and a half before we got online to record this show than I ever cared to know or ever thought there was to know. Um, there were a lot of words in this article that I'd never even seen before. <laughs> uh, I, I assume that's mostly because there's scents have weird names. Right. 
And so there's a lot of words in here where I'm like, I'm Googling like side by side. Like, yeah. and then they're talking about Palo Santo. I don't even know what that is. Apparently it's like, um, I can't even think of like sandalwood, but like not sandalwood. Okay. Like not sandalwood flavor, but like literally wood. It's like a candle alternative. Okay. I don't know. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. I interrupted no. your intro. I just, <laughs> I wanted to, there's, there's so much to this. This is great though, because I did, I, I opened up this whole world of, no, I've been by, I've been, I've walked past whatever the candle store at the mall, <laughs> but, but, but when, when people are really talking about the status candle, I didn't even know this was a thing, right? Like, who out there is, I, I, are any of our listeners out there thinking about their status candle? Like, Oh, we're going to have some people over. Let's break out the good candle. Like, I don't even know <laughs> that. I, I don't, we don't, we don't at our house. We're not really, we're not really focused on 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 candles but the uh but apparently the world is very 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 interested in having having these kinds of things in their homes i just think this is the curse of late stage capitalism where everything (laughs) now has been broken out to the point of absurdity i mean people probably listen to our show and hear me talk about sneakers and think the same thing like why would you ever spend that much money on a pair of sneakers nobody who cares about that and it's like other people that care about sneakers like i don't really (laughs) You know, nobody's, I'm not concerned about impressing anybody. Like I, I showed some people the, the SB pigeons. I don't know if you know who those, what those are. They're very famous. Um, and they're like, if you wanted to buy one right now, it's like $11,000. What is it? Uh, it's like one of the original collaboration, um, like the skateboarding Nike dunks. Okay. Uh, I, I should know the name off the top of my head, but I of course don't. One of the designers, it was back when sneaker culture first became a thing and they only ran, I think 300 pair. And it became like a basically a riot in the NYC. And I read a story about, for instance, uh, an actual skateboarder who got sent a pair and, and skated in them and then ran into somebody in the airport who saw how they were on his feet and all thrashed and the person like lost their mind on him. Like, what have you done? <laughs> well, they <laughs> to were the given shoes. to me. They were given to me and I wore them because that's what cool people do. That's what cool people do. That's the non-collector part of it, right? That's yeah. with, with, with shoes like that, the people who care probably care too much and the people who are given these shoes to make them cool wear them yeah and it's probably the same with these candles right like i'm i guess like people are lighting these candles but there's probably like a whole subculture of people who can barely afford them where they like just have them and only light them like for like five minutes like twice a year right <laughs> yeah i think handbag there's a handbag culture certainly mm-hmm. uh but this was this this uh so the folks at the cut put together an article called what's the next status candle. If you want to, maybe we'll link to it at some point, but, um, you know, I mean, you're spending what? 30 bucks, 45 bucks, 50 bucks on a candle, 75 bucks on a candle. It seems like that until recently, any sort of status candle that was six to eight ounces were 65 to $80. (laughs) Honey, I bought an $80 candle. You what? You bought a what? I don't care what it smells like, it, you know. Again, it could smell. It could smell like, uh, you know, Gwen Paltrow's vagina, <laughs> and uh, I, I don't really know. But I do, I do, uh, I do like that this brand called uh, Nympholia. Okay, <laughs> I don't know why, because it's a, it's a funny thing. And there's a death. Yes, I saw the death. Yeah, the Sphinx. The Sphinx and Priestess has a thing called death, and I don't think again. It's. I don't think it's biological. <laughs> I, don't think it's, I don't think it's supposed to smell like biological death. Oh, your house smells like dead bodies. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> well, this came from the. This, it's interesting because you're going to transition to talking about the, the the royals because my understanding is this article is inspired by these diptyque candles that uh, Megan had used for uh, their wedding, and I looked at it, it's like eight. So it's eighty dollars for a six and a half ounce candle. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's that's more than I'm spending on candles. Yeah, I think the most I've ever spent on a candle is. And I don't know, like, the sizes. I, I, I guess maybe, like, $50 for, like, one of the largest kind of candles you can buy that come in those little jars. I mean, what, what size oh, would that be? That's I don't probably, know. What, yeah, big. 24 ounces, maybe? Yeah. That's like a, a two-wick candle. And that was specifically because it's a, it comes from a Christmas shop, and it smells like Christmas tree. And since we have a fake Christmas tree, I light the candle, and then you walk in our house, and it smells like Christmas. See, that, that makes perfect sense to me. That's a yeah. good use of a candle. I'm right. not like lighting. We're not like lighting candles. I mean, are we missing out on something? Because no. I feel like when I think of candles, I think of like college kids and old people and like right. not really anybody in the middle. As a younger single guy in my 20s, I did have some candles. Oh, yeah. For the ladies. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I had like a decent stand for a couple of candles. Sure. And for the lady, for the ladies. <laughs> well, it, but it's, you, you want to combat any potential nose blindness, as you mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and, and yeah, you want to set a little mood. Candles are always a good way to do it. It is, yeah. you know. I mean, I I think that <laughs> hearkening back to the sexy times, I think a yeah. blackout often leads. You know, this hey, we don't have anything to do. We've lit all these candles. Well, yeah. <laughs> let's do. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's set next season's scents, honey. <laughs> I'll, and I also like instead of calling it diptyque, I like to call it diptyque. Sure. Would would diptyque be a better that that'd be a more of a me candle. But uh, I just want can- I just want candles that smell like I don't know like like oatmeal cookies or some shit like that, right? I mean that's yeah. <laughs> prime well, rib. Scent? Yes. Yeah. Steak. <laughs> steak <laughs> this candle smells like steak. <laughs> that that really set the mood for the ladies. You're like yeah. have a seat. I lit this candle. Is that steak? <laughs> yeah. Are you cooking? <laughs> Is there something the only the one right I want. <laughs> the only one I wanted to mention from this list was this company called Burning for You, which is a pretty straightforward candle name, and I always appreciate a pun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not even a pun, really. It's just we're going to call our candle. Just it's we're not even going to come up with a funny name. We're just you're lighting this on fire. Right. That's, that's what I'm. That's my name. My candle company, by the way. You're lighting this on fire. Uh, <laughs> you're lighting your money on fire. Is yes. what it should be called. But this this company does the um, uh, is try to evoke a. a a vision or a, a moment like it's not a scent it's like this one they have featured here is like 1977 discotheque again <laughs> that sounds gross it's, it <laughs> smells like sweat and blow <laughs> you know that smell when you walk into a house where there was a party the night before <laughs> that's what we're going for it smells like 200 people dancing and cocaine Ugh. so that's what it smells like it smells like the way Johnny Depp looked in that blow <laughs> It smells like Johnny Depp, period. That's what go. it smells like. That'd be I a good think. candle scent. Johnny Depp. Oh, God. Johnny Depp. It smells like cigarettes, sweat, and... Sauvage. <laughs> Sauvage. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, unwa- unwa- unwashed hair. And, unwa- and like, yes, and hair that hasn't been washed since a month and a half ago. Anyway. All right, so... Get 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 yourself a status candle, I guess. I don't know. I'm I'm looking for budget status candles. I'm going to be going to Target. To hey, burning for you, thirty two dollars. Thirty thirty two dollars. Yeah. Good lord, that's a lot of money for a or candle. Or you can spend hundred and five dollars on these Sierra Trudon. <laughs> Siri, 
Siri I, Trudon? I don't know I, how to say this. I don't know. I I'm can't, not French. I can't help you. Uh, but if you're buying $100 candles, God bless you. I don't know. Uh, you're doing a lot better than I'm doing. Right? Just a yeah. $100 candle. Wow. Yeah. So get yourself a status candle, people. I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, you know, entertaining season's coming around sooner than you think. So. Yeah. I mean, Boy Smells offers a cush. You could just smoke a joint before your friends come over. Right. Just wave it around. Just go go down to the go down to your local uh, store and get a pre roll and just wave it around. Yeah, even better. Wait till they get there because it'd be a lot cooler if you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On to segment two. So in segment two, I wanted to touch on the Megxit, as it's as it's being called. Mm-hmm. But uh, Prince Harry and his wife, Prince. I don't think she's even princess. She's like Duchess. She's like. Duchess they are the Duke Meghan. and Dussex. Duchess? Duchess of Sussex. Duchess. Duchess. Yeah. They're the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and they decided they don't want to be royal no more. Had enough of this business. Had enough of the family business. Mom and dad, we, 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 we're quitting. Yeah. We're going, we're going to do our own thing. And you know, one of the funny things was we wanted to be financially independent. Like, what does that mean? Like we only have a hundred million bucks. What are we we just gonna carve off our our hundred mil and try to make it on our own? You know, two plucky kids and their and their baby and out in the out in the in the rough world trying to uh, trying to just be regular folk. I don't know. The whole thing the whole thing made me laugh just from a from a uh, just from a optics perspective. Mm-hmm. But uh, but. But it, it does speak to sort of a larger dynamic. I mean, I'm I'm not the kind of guy who, who's ever had to stand next to their parents and it's like, this is the family business and this is what we do. Um, so I I kind of had a little bit of a I have I had a sort of a oh give me a break, and then I had another moment where I said you know what maybe, but what do you think? Well, again, not to just repeat jokes, but I always like to offer the the best and first take that, that I saw on this one. And it's just like, uh, my biggest concern with them is that the, the people of Sussex are now left without their Duke and Duchess to defend them and are open to incursions from the people of Surrey and, uh, Chiltern. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Yeah. You can't just, <laughs> you've left the manor. What are we going to do? <laughs> and then I started thinking about who's the loyal knight that would step into the, the role. Right. Uh, but I guess, I don't know enough about like the structure of, of where the money comes from. Um, I, I sort of understand this idea that once Megan became familiar enough with the idea of being war- essentially wards of the state, that she was probably like, we, do we need to do this? This seems not like the best use of funds. Sure. I mean, you know, they get blasted constantly. I, I, I'm sure that you saw the, the, the Kate Megan media coverage side by sides. About oh, right. quite yeah, literally yeah. the exact same issues and the way the headlines were written. Yeah, they love Kate. They hate they hate Megan. Yeah, right, right. Kate is so refined and Megan is entitled. Right. And it is, I mean, it is rough. These It's like sometimes it's the same papers, the same, and it's the exact same issues. Speaking of the candles, mm-hmm. like Kate was all this praise for the fact that she used this great scent in the Abbey and that, and that Megan complained that it was musty in there. And it's like, all right, all right. <laughs> You guys, yeah, I get it. You don't like black people. We got, we got it. <laughs> do you think it? Do you really think it goes that far, or do you think they just hate American actress? I think, I you know, I I've seen the racist take on it, but really, I think it's just we have we have um, American actress, and I think that, I mean, if he marries Taylor Swift, it's probably just as bad, 
right? Or he, if no. he marries. No. You don't think so? No, no. And I, it, okay, so I'm going to say something that's controversial, but it's not okay. controversial. It's truly, it's just a fact. And it's okay. because of the way people feel about these words that make it controversial, not because of what they actually mean. Okay. But England is quite literally the world's foremost leader in white supremacy. That is, was their business model for hundreds of years. Yes. And that's not to say, again, white supremacy and racism are not always the same thing. But white supremacy is this idea that whites are inherently superior. You can see it in you know Thomas Jefferson's writings where they talk very clearly about a freed slave is just simply not up to the task of like the, the level of cognition required to to be you know a, a full citizen essentially is what the, the papers boil down to. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's not like Thomas Jefferson didn't get his ideas from somewhere and they sure. came from England. And I think a lot of this stuff is unconsciously just baked into the psyche of a lot of these sort of very and, and Americans as well, not just not just British people, but I'm just I, I bring up Britain only because again, they were the world's colonialists in the modern era, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. if if Alexander the Great had finished his conquest of the world, I, I don't know what that would have meant. Perhaps like there was there'd be I, I don't where where is he from? Is he was he Greek? Greek. Yeah, Macedonian, I, I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, perhaps there'd be a different kind of world supremacy in, in you know baked into everyone's sort of dominant culture, but I definitely think that um, when it comes to the, the the criticism of the royal family, I, I think the American actress part of it makes it significantly worse. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that if he had married like a a dark skinned British girl, that it would have been just fine. Yeah. No, I agree. So I mean, I I think that I understand what you're saying. Anytime you anytime there's a monarchy in place. Which, which is the, which is, I think the basis of your argument. You've already set up a system where we have a monarchy, which is to say these people are better than you, right? I mean, it's already there. It's, I mean, you it's, 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 it's eugenics, like for, for, for leadership. Yeah, and the, uh, and even though the, even though the monarchy doesn't do any real sort of decision making, you know, it's still, it's still a very much a part of English culture, like. We have the monarchy, and for the most part, the English people love the monarchy, even though they just sort of just hang out. You know, I mean, Japan has like the same thing. They've got an emperor still. They've got a royal family. There are lots of countries out there that have a royal family still, and I don't know why. <laughs> it seems it seems a little goofy, but um, but yeah. But I, I see what you're saying is that you know maybe you get into the point where where. Maybe she just thinks it's as useless as we all think it is. I don't know. I mean, obviously, they have a lot of money and power and influence. But when it comes right down to it, what's the, what use is the royal family, right? What, I yeah. Mean, and what are, they, what are they doing? What are they, so, so they're thinking, hey, why don't we just do our own thing? Because, number one, Harry's not going to ascend to the throne ever anyway. Because, you know, Will's got two sons. <laughs> So essentially, he's Scar from the Lion King. Now he's you might as well just just walk off into the sunset. It doesn't really matter. You're you know you're shitty Prince Andrew or whomever whoever you know. It's like you don't want to live a shitty Prince Andrew life. So you might as well just go do something that that you want to do, right? Something that maybe you think matters. So um, again, it was it's it's funny again in the first in the first look to say, oh God, you know we talk about a first world problem segment that probably needs hashing out like this is it. And then you think, Oh, well the amount of bullshit you have to deal with when you're a Royal, if you're really, if you really don't feel like the, the payout is any more than just 
dragging around heaps of bullshit, then why not just carve it off and say, you know what, we don't want to do it anymore. You've got Will, you've got Kate, they've got a family, they can handle the business, they can handle the family biz, we're just going to go do our thing over in America or Canada or wherever they're doing it. Um, it makes perfect sense to me. But that being said, to take the brand that they're going to build, Sussex Royal, seems a little disingenuous to me. It's like, we don't want to be royalty, but our brand is going to be called Sussex Royal, which made me laugh. It's like, we, we like it enough to, to use it to our advantage, but we just don't want to deal with the, the other bullshit that, that we'd have to deal with if, to hang out in England and just have a camera up our ass 24-7. Well, that was another the dichotomy of reporting. Um, when Kate and Will did this, they set up a brand a few years ago so that they could profit off of their essentially the, their status. And that was that was covered like, oh, look how smart they are. They're like Jay-Z and Beyonce. And then you know, they've set up these brands to create their empire. And then when Harry and Meghan did it, it's like, you see these fuckers? They knew they were going to leave. They can set up this brand. <laughs> So it's really interesting to watch this happen. And I do think it's also interesting to see, and I, I wish that, you know, it, I shouldn't say I wish, but it does seem that there's something about a hundred years pass and then we have to do all the exact same stuff again, mm. because the last person to leave their royal position, I, I mean, maybe there were other abdications that I'm unaware of, but I mean, are you aware that like that uh, Edward VIII abdicated the throne when he was actively the king and he did this to marry an American? Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, I guess, you know, that maybe they got the American pussy candle and they just can't, they, <laughs> they, they can't say no. They can't say, I, I, yeah, it's a colonial fever. They've got, uh, that's what they've got. They've got colonial uh, fever. Yeah, just, ew, this, this, the whiteness is so supreme. Uh, I mean, I guess I, I, it's interesting that they're going to. I, I did see something about, and I did not investigate it at all, but there's something, and maybe our Canadian friends can enlighten us, but there is something where by being in Canada, he can somehow still become the king because they're part of the Commonwealth. It's, you know what? I mean, yes, probably. I don't know. There's some, there's some law that was written, you know, in the blood of, you know, peasants somewhere <laughs> on, on parchment that, that probably dictates how this whole thing works. But, um, you know, again, I think it comes down to I don't want to be part of the family business. And I'm a little brother, you know, so I get it. There's a lot of when you, you know, when you yeah. live in a when you live in a family or, you know, being Filipino, like in my being old school, like, you know, my my you know, my dad being old school, everything happens like, you know, dad, firstborn son, dad, firstborn son, dad, firstborn son, all that right. kind of stuff. And everybody, we're all the rest of us are just sort of like you know, we're hanging around, which is fine because I like hanging around. But when it comes right down to it, it's like the responsibilities and all that kind of stuff fall on the oldest, the the firstborn son. And and really, it doesn't. I can see where Harry's like, you don't need me. I just, you know, I'm just gonna go to, I'm just gonna go to, go to North America and uh, and and do my thing there. If you need me, you have my number. You know, and I would come back. You know, what I mean, I'm sure he would help out in any way, shape, or form that he they needed him to. But right now, he's like, I don't really feel like you need me, so you know, we're just we're out. Yeah, I mean, I I get it. I I, I wasn't surprised really to see it. I guess it just kind of came out of nowhere. Maybe it sounds like he. I don't know. I, I honestly, the fact that we're talking about it is frustrating. Like the American obsession with the British royal family is inexplicable to me. Yeah, but I you know part of it. I mean, they're celebrities, just like they're movie stars. Right. That's how I. That's how I see it. They're 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 just they're simply movie stars, uh, but their movies play out in 
<laughs> in, on the news as opposed right. to. So that's kind of how I see them. I mean, again, they they grew up famous. They had, you know, there was a lot of obsession in, in this country around Prince Charles and Princess Diana and right. all that stuff. And so I get that they're celebrities. You know, we, we do the same thing with politicians and whatnot. Um, but, but yeah, I just, I like it. I think it's a, I think it's fun to, to follow along. Uh, but it's also, yeah, it's also a little bit, you know, to your point, maybe it's a little weird. It just seems unnecessary. I just don't understand what the point is anymore. Of the monarchy or just yeah. celebrity culture? <laughs> well, <laughs> on the monarchy specifically, but yes, I mean, celebrity culture is never going to go away. Entertainment is a thing. Yeah. And as long yeah. as people are famous for being, um, entertaining, then the, the, this will always obsess. This kind of obsession will always exist. Um, you are going to, we were going to talk a little bit about Instagram that we didn't get to at the top of the show that you had with regard to the donation to the fires and that, that Instagram uh-huh. model. And that's an, that's a thing. I mean, we're doing it right now because people get famous for just putting stuff out in the world. Right. I mean, you mm-hmm. just, somebody likes it. There's enough people, enough, enough people like it to tell each other about it. They get excited about it. And yeah. who can really understand why exactly that happens? Um, but this whole like to see this happen, it just it feel felt particularly meaningless. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, he's a famous guy and he I mean to me it's not really different than 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 a Hemsworth. You know, like a Liam Hemsworth breaking up with Miley Cyrus. <laughs> like the same sort of level of news story. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, just to round back on that Instagram thing, I didn't I did put it at the top of our, our list, but I, I glossed over because we were talking about French fries. Sure. Um, but yes, there is a there is a, a model, an Instagram model, who will, if you make a donation, she will send you a nude picture of herself. Which I imagine any woman on you know, any model on the internet. I, you probably don't have to donate five dollars to get nude pictures of that person, is my sense of it. But it was nice of her to take, you know, to take what she does and try to raise money for it. Go go. <laughs> I wonder though if she's taking the same nude picture and sending it to everybody, or does she take her own nude picture? Oh, like do you get a custom? I, you know, this is the other thing. I was thinking about this also. I know we're getting far afield here, but the uh, the cameo people should definitely have stepped up at this point and said, "Hey, you know." have one of your have one of your you know buy a cameo from a famous person and we'll donate money to something they oh i it. thought you were saying that the cameo should like basically get into the sex trade no 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 <laughs> they should they should get into the they should get into the philanthropy trade they should get into the you know they should get those stars to say hey if you buy a cameo for me you get a custom message and you know if, if out of the 50 bucks you pay for your cameo we'll i'll donate 10 bucks of that to to in this case, the, you know, Australia fires or whatever, whatever, um, whatever needs money needs raising money for at that, at that, at that time. So, you know, anyway, she's doing, are we going to do something? <laughs> uh, well, Todd will send you a nude picture of you <laughs> of himself. If, 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 you know, you donate to, uh, to help the Australia fire. Are you willing, are you willing Ty, to, you know, start to, you know, N- no, <laughs> <laughs> I'll send right. you a nude picture of someone else. I'll send you. <laughs> I'll send you a random dong shot that I got off the internet. I'll send you a picture of Doctor Manhattan's dong. Handsomedongs.com. <laughs> I have no idea if that's real. Please don't, oh, yeah, find don't go to that. <laughs> don't, don't go to that site. Don't type that in. All right. All right. Let's get on to segment three. Seattle has this major league obsession with snow. 
for for a place that gets very little snow set the stage it's been snowing for a couple of days for a few days and but it's the run-up to the snow also because i i'm gonna blame myself here because i do it myself so there's this whole i never watch the local news god forbid i have to watch the local news but if i know that there's snow in the picture i will sit through a good half hour of crappy local news just to get people to start talking about snow it's so terrible i don't and and we got a little snow i mean it was enough to it was enough to you know it was enough to cover some stuff but i i don't like to be all uppity about snow because i grew up in the midwest where we could get some decent snow but i mean i get that there's there's a thing over here in seattle where we have topography yes and and we don't we're not particularly well prepared for snow and people don't have the right vehicles for snow and people aren't used to it and so just things just get nutty instantly Mm -hmm. but um and they close schools when there's no snow on the ground and stuff like that. I mean, they do they do Today. all kinds of stuff. But this is the best. This this so so Ty, tell your story this week because you are you are you are currently playing Mr. Mom. I during the week where they close the schools. Oh my god! I almost honestly the idea of even getting up here to record this podcast tonight was like is too much. I just I'm very close to my breaking point. I am. My fuse is quite short. I'm definitely snapping at the children. So my wife left for a week-long business trip that we knew was coming. Um, she's in Rome. She left on Saturday morning. Uh, it's Wednesday night. <laughs> the kids have not been... They have not left my side since <laughs> since she left. Um, doing everything is difficult. My children are particularly strong-willed and never follow instruction or request without context or pushback and it just and hey you know i mean i'm very much the same way so i try to understand but it's also quite wearying (laughs) and i'm speaking if i sound depressed it's because i'm i really hope because you're depressed (laughs) it's it's been tough um you know we need we're at the point where we definitely need to go to the grocery store if the school is not open tomorrow they're they're running two hours late as of right now Uh um but but the thought I, of but the thought of taking the girls to the grocery store with you to get stuff has to be relatively. Is, are they good at the store? Uh, no, uh, <laughs> they're not good anywhere. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is definitely the kind of week where, and I, 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 I hate, I hesitate to even share any of these thoughts because really, I'm opening myself up to judgment. But uh, the kids get to bed, and, and and I'm like, this was a mistake. I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I don't, I love my, but I'll tell you what, five days together, our youngest daughter for the first time got so mad at me today. She told me she hated me and that's oh, never really milestones. Wow. Yeah. She screamed it at me in fact, and then slammed her bedroom door. She's not quite six. So we're on a really good trajectory here. <laughs> you know, I think that, I think that when you're, cause I've, I've been in this, 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 uh, scenario as well, where wife is off on a, a long business trip and you've got both the kids and you're just looking for something to go easy, right? You're just looking for something to go, to go well. Like it's let's, let's, let's turn on the TV. Why don't you guys chill out for a little bit? I'll get some food together. You guys can, you don't have to eat at the dinner table. You can eat, you can eat on the couch. I don't really care. Just let's just make this really go easy. Mm-hmm. And you need a few of those to hit every so often, right? Yeah. 
because the second because if it's they wake up and then it's just a battle and then they go to bed and you're just, just sitting there alone <laughs> you know it just you're just thinking oh you get those thoughts yeah the challenge is really too that they don't it's not that they don't get along but they just are relentless with each other like they just they needle each other to hell and they just they, let me see how angry i can get you it seems to be like their famous or their, sorry their favorite uh pastime and so if i can I, and for whatever reason you know i can't walk out of the room for three minutes without the bickering starting yeah and so your, your tweet was your tweet was made me cry it was so funny <laughs> I mean, I will, I, it was just like it was just at some at some point at some point the older daughter is like how much bullshit can I like deal like foist onto my little sister and then graduating to dad yeah, <laughs> which was yeah. like after she's crushed her sister and broken her will she's like well whose will can I break now oh dad's yeah. here yeah <laughs> yeah there's times where we have conversations and I'm like I'm, do you like it when I yell like <laughs> you, do you enjoy it? are you trying to and I try I try so hard not to. I don't want to. I know it's a losing battle. I know it doesn't help. Um, but I swear to God, there's times where it's like, I can't even get you to look at me unless I'm raising my voice. And I realize what I've done is I've, I've created this environment where now that is the trigger for actually paying attention, which is a terrible situation I've built for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's the, it's the, I don't have a lot of patience for the, uh, I, I made a mistake because I'm not trying or I'm not paying attention. Like I'm just, I'm I'm doing I'm being extra and then I've I've finally pushed it to the point where I've either hurt myself, someone else, or I've fucked something up in the house. Right. Now uh, your yours is yours is also a little more tricky because you do your work at home. So it's likely you're trying to do some work. That is this I mean this is uh, I've try I have basically said I'm I'm out. Like yeah. I, I I'm I'm monitoring email and Slack and I'm but I'm not turning anything around. Yeah. I'm just watching it pile up and I'm like, yeah, I can't, I, I, I try, I, I get immediate stuff turned around like in the moment. Um, but anything that I've got cooking that I've got stuff, big, big stuff due at the end of the month and it's starting to weigh. That's another part of the, the whole thing that's, it's weighing heavy on my shoulders. It's just, it's, there's no end in sight and I, I'm not going to get out from under this and I don't know, maybe I'll get fired too to go. <laughs> Probably oh, not. No, no. I mean, definitely not. My my employment's not really at risk, but you know how it starts to feel this yes, way. Yes, yes. It just yeah. feels like you're not you're not covering off on anything. Yeah, you, yeah. Like everything everything unravel. And it's and it has to do with the fact that you've lost the rhythm because of the snow, right? You, they've the the. I mean to to send them off to school, and then to have the day, and then to pick them up. At least you would have seven hours or six or seven hours, however long school is these days, right? To like. To like do your thing, so then right. really it's like ninety minutes in the morning and then three hours in the night, you know three and a half hours at night, doable. Yeah, and most of the time I'm you know I lament that because I don't get to spend a lot of time with them, and especially the evenings are rushed. It's like get home, get dinner on the table, and yeah. then if they've got to get bathed that particular night, that's it. That's the whole night. Um, then if they're not a bath, then maybe we've got 45 minutes to an hour of, of some sort of family activity or, or TV or whatever it is. Yeah. And, and, and let's not forget the compounding factor of the kids stopped going to school on the 20th, did not return until the 6th, went to school for five days, and haven't right. been back since. <laughs> so yeah. it's not like this is fresh. <laughs> right. I'm right. not in need of some additional quality time with them right now. <laughs> we just had a bunch. I could choose. I could stand to miss them a little. 
is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I did I, go out finally and, and this, this, this snowstorm did force me to buy them like proper snow pants, which we'd never really done. Cause we're, we're, we're not a mountain family. Yeah. Um, which is so weird when I think about how I grew up, uh, and how, into, how large of a part of my life that was. Um, but it has allowed me to be like, cool, you're going outside. And there was a point where, why do we have to go outside? It was like, because I need a break from you. <laughs> right. Go outside, take the dog out, run yeah. around in the yard. I was like, and I don't want to hear you screaming. If I have to come out there, you're just going to be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Let me shift gears to a crazy, my crazy snow story for the week, okay. which is, um, so it was snow. It started snowing hard on Monday, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. So by Monday, uh, I had gone, I went to work, um, and by Monday night, it was snowing really hard again. So by the mm-hmm. time I got back to the park and ride from my bus, my car had a good three, three inches of snow on it. So I had to start cleaning it off. So I'm cleaning it off and this dude pulls up and he gets out of the car and he says, excuse me, can, can, you, help, can, can you help me? I said, sure. You know, what's up? And he said, well, the GPS on my phone's not working, so my maps aren't working correctly, and I'm trying to find a, I'm trying to, I'm trying to go somewhere. I'm like, okay. You know, I'm, I'm familiar with my neighborhood and the surrounding areas. I totally get you where you need to go. So he says to me, I said, okay, yeah, dude, no problem. Like, uh, you know, trying to, what, are you trying to find, you know, someplace around here? And he says, no, I'm going to Wenatchee. <laughs> So it's dumping snow. The pass has been closed off and on. I look at this guy. He's wearing biz casual. And he's got an out-of-state plate. And I said, I said, is this an all-wheel drive car? He says, no. I said, do you have tire chains? And he's like, well, no. I just picked this up at the airport. I'm like, dude, do you know where Wenatchee is? I said, Wenatchee is two and a half hours on a on a... On a on a clear day, it's two and a half hours. Right. Right? I said, the pass has been open and closed. I mean, I said I said, you shouldn't go. I said, you sh-. I said I In said, fact, I don't think you are going to an right. I and I said I said, here's the deal. You could go up two exits, catch I ninety, and go east until you see a sign that says Wenatchee and then turn. I said, but if you decide to try this, which I absolutely do not recommend, please stop at the commercial center where there's like a Target and a Walmart. Buy some. If you don't have warm clothes, you better buy some warm clothes. You better buy some boots. You better buy some tire chains for these this vehicle. And you better buy some food and water just in case you get stuck in this thing all night long. And I said, I said, and I thought to myself, don't die <laughs> trying to go to Wenatchee tonight. Does, I mean, do you have to let's let's weigh this. Let's weigh this properly. Is is going to Wenatchee tonight worth dying for? <laughs> <laughs> because it's it's definitely in play if you decide to if if you try to go in the condition you're in right now, dying is definitely in the equa- it's is a possible answer to this equation. Uh, do you you didn't ask him any questions? Did he? How did he respond? No, he's an adult. I don't. I don't. He's a stranger and an adult. I pretty much said my piece. I said, I said, and hey, if you decide to do it, you know, good luck. But I, you know, don't. <laughs> but, <laughs> but again, he's a, he was an adult man. 
in his 40s. And who clearly had never been to Wenatchee before because yeah yeah so this had to be that's what I'm saying is like the, you describing the way he's dressed uh-huh. you describing the scenario he described to you that he came from the airport it does uh-huh. seem like he was likely doing this for some sort of a professional capacity yes of some sort but I just told him I said I said don't do it I said Mm-mm. I said, don't do it but but if you do do all these things because because it's not going to be good for you if you if you try this and I don't think he would have gotten past the chain check and all the other things that, that, you know, that, no, they closed the pass that night. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think, he tried. but I've been thinking about him for two whole days. Like, God, what if that dude's going to win at you? <laughs> I, hope he, I hope he's okay. <laughs> you know, I hope he didn't do anything completely stupid, but you know, I, maybe he closed the pass. They did close because of spin outs. <laughs> maybe he, that's was, he was the guy. He had a front wheel drive vehicle. If you throw some chains on there, my sense is it's, you know, he had one of those like small, small utility, small SUV type things. Mm-hmm. So it's like you threw chains on it. It's like, I give you, I give you half a chance you'll make it. But I have no idea what the road looks like once you turn off I 90 and try to go to Wenatchee. Right. Like, I have no idea what that highway is going to be like when you, you know, when you do that. But I was, I've, I, I was very, I was quite worried about him. Well, and that puts a pin in sort of what we were uh, talking about at the top of the segment, which is this idea that we just don't live in a winter place. It just, we don't get winter. So no one's prepared for it, like you said. Like the night it snowed, they plowed our street the next day and it hasn't been plowed since. Okay, so what did, why did it even bother? What, were, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> I mean, you can't plow it the first night and then there's three more days of snow and you just don't come back. That's not how it works. <laughs> it piles up it comes right back. yes so they never plowed it again and, and whatever it's fine it's just the neighborhood that i'm surprised i was surprised it was plowed that i thought somebody maybe had just done it like some rando with their pickup right you know we got those those guys around um but yeah i mean we're not prepared for it like when i lived in a winter climate you know winter's coming and there's a time of year where you're like okay i gotta get the studs on my car because uh, eventually i'm not gonna be able to do anything else right and we you know the, the snow packs down it becomes part of the landscape it's it's just a very it's a different experience when you live somewhere where there's winter all the time and we just don't and so when we get this intermittent and in fact it's tough here because a lot of times it'll snow warm up melt freeze again and it almost yeah. always starts to happen right? we get this cycle of ice and that that's hard for anybody it doesn't matter chains studs whatever all-wheel drive if it's ice you're you're screwed and yeah. you know we live on a hill they close the schools all the time when it snows and it, yeah I'm, I'm i'm losing my fucking mind so uh <laughs> <laughs> but you're trying your best and that's really that you know you can't do much my more best that, is right? pretty bad i'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> your best ain't cutting it pal no i'm i'm not cut out for um single dadding uh yeah i i i, I think i do a decent job when i've got somebody to lean on but all alone um, they're winning. <laughs> All right. Well, considering about considering talking about winning, this part now comes the part where we throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ready? Ready. <laughs> Dad jokes of the week. Woo! Well, speaking of being a dad, here's some jokes. A tight-fisted banker won a million-dollar jackpot in the lottery. To everyone's astonishment, he announced that he was going to donate a quarter of it to charity. This left him with a mere $999,999.75. That's a dad joke? Look, man, I don't write them. I just read them. 
Um, this is actually in here. I didn't want to read it. This is the, did, did you get your hair cut? No, I, I, I got several thousand of them cut. Yeah, all, I got them all cut. Yeah, isn't that really the, isn't that how that, that joke really works? Yes, that's, it's, it's like you, you rephrased it just to try to get some, so people wouldn't just be like, oh, this, this, this old yarn. Yeah. All right. <laughs> what do you call cheese that's all by itself? Provolone. What? <laughs> Provolone? Yeah. Okay. It's not the worst. <laughs> Why do bagpipe players always walk while they play? Because they're trying to get away from the noise. <laughs> Did you hear about the guy who was addicted to the hokey pokey? Don't worry about him. I heard he turned himself around. Nice. Have I ever told you this? Have I ever told you the story about secret hokey pokey? No. My friend and Rich and I, when we would go places, mm-hmm. um, uh, we would do the secret hokey pokey. So, <laughs> like, if you were at a party. Uh-huh. Like, you'd make eye contact with him, and they'd be like, oh, it's time to do secret hokey pokey. And you would just do it, like, while you were talking to people. You would just, you, it went on for years. We were, like, standing in lines at, you know, with our wives and stuff, like, standing in line at, waiting for tables at a, at a you know, for restaurants and stuff. Like, we'd, we'd do secret hokey pokey. Did it, you actually you do, do that? No, yeah, like, you do it, but you do it casually. Like, you yeah, put your you right hand around. in, you take your right hand in. Yeah, and then you'd, you'd turn yourself around. <laughs> You did you did do it. the hokey pokey? No, you just sort of, you do the moves, but you're just doing it conversationally. Yeah, yeah. But both of you are doing it at the same time. Okay. And finally, years after, like, his wife caught us. She's like, are you guys doing the hokey pokey? I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> and that was the end of secret hokey pokey. Anyway. Okay. You're living, you occupy space and have mass. What does that mean? You matter. It does. Okay, so I want to rewrite this one, but this is what it says. Okay. Traveling on a flying carpet is a rugged experience. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a funny joke. It is, but I do think that you should say traveling on a flying carpet seems luxurious, but in fact, it's a rugged experience. <laughs> you could, yeah, I mean, either way works. I mean, flying, on a, flying on a magic carpet is flying on, it's, it's a rugged experience. It's funny. Yeah, it's not bad. I like it. And finally, which way did the programmer go? He went data way. <laughs> it's an elmer fudd joke pretty much yeah i yeah. like it no the, the carpet without rugged experience is good all right here's my joke we done we done with the uh, all right here's, that's it here's a joke here's yeah, a joke again. uh i was gonna sign up for garbage man training but they told me i'd just pick it up as i go along <laughs> indeed <laughs> i wonder if my garbage will get picked up tomorrow <laughs> Speaking of garbage man training, I don't know. You better. Did you take it out to the curb? I did, but that's before we got another like two inches of snow in an hour in the afternoon. <laughs> it's like forty degrees here, so I think all our snow is going to melt, which is good news for me. I hope so. It certainly has not been uh, like I, I, I posted the the picture of the weather app. It's yeah. like it's two thirty. It says two p.m. Forty one degrees and sunny, and I'm like I'm looking outside. <laughs> it's basically a blizzard. Like, um. You know, meteorology is not an exact science. No, I realize that we are probably in the percentage zone getting precipitation, but it, it's still frustrating. I'm like, yeah. you said that there was relief coming. You liars. <laughs> lies. So many lies. All right. Overtime. Overtime. All right. So this week, um, well, I guess it was last week, we lost uh, the greatest rock and roll drummer, perhaps of all time. Um, Russia's Neil Peart, who... Uh, just one of my favorites. I mean, I when I was uh, 
I was sort of trading stories with a buddy of mine, uh, well, Brian, on, uh, you know. Friend of the pod, pod Brian friend Schwartz. Of the, friend, friend of the pod, Brian Schwartz, on Twitter. And uh, I recalled that my uh, next door neighbor, Steve, who is now like some really f- famous and successful lawyer. <laughs> he was uh, He was much older than I was, but he was sort of right out of Dazed and Confused central casting. You know, like 1978 high school mm-hmm. ca- high school guy with that hair and the whole deal. And I used to cut through his backyard to go to my other buddy's house. And he, uh, in his room, was sort of like he had a French door that w- opened up off his room. I don't know. I don't remember all this stuff. But he always had his stereo going really loud. And I remember him like saying, hey, Chris, like, come over here and listen to this. And it was Rush's 2112. And he played the first side of it on his, like, Techniques Turntable Pioneer. <laughs> it's like this badass 1978 stereo. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I just remember being, being very sort of blown away by it. Like, this is crazy. This isn't, like, what I listen to. And, uh, and it sort of got me listening to, to, uh, to Rush when I was maybe 9 or 10 years old. So, so it's been with me for a long time. And, uh, and I don't know. I, don't, I generally don't get get um broken up about stuff like this when celebrities pass but i kind of i kind of felt like i missed neil a little bit you know i mean even though they he's been retired for a while and you know i listen to rush certainly on a weekly basis i probably throw on some rush here and there uh which has been the case probably since 1978 (laughs) but uh but i really i i I took it kind of kind of harder than i would i think any sort of even I can't even imagine any other celebrity passing away where I'd be like, I feel a little bit of a loss. But for some odd reason, for this one, I did. Kind of weird. I mean, I think you. you know, it sounds like you connected with it on a very, I don't want to say spiritual level, but a, a, some, a profound level of considering that it had influence over kind of where you took your interests as a, a young person. Yeah, yeah. It made me want to play the drums and do all those kind of things. <laughs> and I even, I even threw up that little... Uh, one minute of one minute of subdivisions up on on my Twitter account, mm-hmm. which That's which great. was which was kind of which was kind of fun to do because I hadn't thought about I hadn't I probably hadn't played that lick since you know since forever, but it was it was fun to sit down and just say, oh yeah, this this had a this had a this had an impact on me as a as a person, so it was fun to sort of put that out there. Well, I mean, we just obviously we talked about it a few months back that we went to see that movie and that was recorded. I don't. I'm not Six, cl- 16 I think like yeah, so the last tour they la- the last time they toured was 2015 so yeah. any of the live stuff had to be recorded in 2015 mm-hmm. but then the commentary and like we talked a lot about how he seemed like he was just ready to be finished yeah and it definitely felt like it was taking the, you know his own music was becoming a challenge for him to play yeah and I can't imagine how frustrating that would be because as someone who gets older every day and <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm unique in that way I don't know if you know yeah um and definitely feels like you see your skills at certain things kind of erode. Um, I can't imagine being a virtuoso and then having that happen to you and how depressing and, and, and tough that must be. Yeah. But, I mean, it wasn't well known that he was sick, though, right? No, not at all. I mean, I had no idea. I mean, that yeah. was one of those things where, you know, he's so private that he's, you know, and again, Rush fans love Rush, but they're not, we were not the type of people who, dive into their personal lives, you know, in a deep way, or they don't really allow that to their fans for the most part. 
So when he passed away, it's like brain cancer. <laughs> like what? Right. So it was it was a surprise to me. And uh, but you're right. I mean that's the that's um, that's got to be a frustrating feeling. But for especially for you know it's a, just a tribute to that band that they could play at that level for forty plus years to go out and and play that music near flawlessly for people a couple you know two plus hours a night and just you know yeah give people their money's worth for for all that time it's amazing he always did strike me though as the like the bill belichick of drummers like (laughs) that he had no time for your emotions about him yeah like i don't care that you like me seemed to be part of his deal i think his deal more is that he was painfully shy like he mm. does, he didn't do he didn't do praise and worship very well. He didn't he didn't do the you're a god thing, and he just wasn't it just it was not comfortable for him. Mm-hmm. And I think he just avoided it. And so yeah, well, like in the movie we watched, he didn't go to the meet and greet, right? Like right. yeah, Neil's got Neil's not coming. <laughs> Neil's not coming because again, because he's so painfully shy that he just couldn't you know he just couldn't deal with the with the the that kind of he couldn't deal with the adulation. I think up close, I think it was fine it was fine to get the applause for playing the music, but yeah. I think, I think anything up, anything closer would have been uh, a little too much. Yeah. And I'm not into one to get into armchair psycholo- psychology, but they definitely, he did seem to concoct ex- sort of obsessive style excuses. He did have some kind of somewhat of an obsessive personality where he would get into things, right. They kind of touched on that in the, uh-huh. the doc that he would kind of flip from one hobby to another and really immerse himself in it for short periods of time. Yeah. And that, that definitely, to me, sounds like that's some introverted behavior where it's like, I, I need to do this, I need to you know, keep my brain busy, keep my hands busy, and stay focused on something. Because if I stop and look at the, think too hard about the world around me, it's just going to make me crazy. Right. I think that's, uh, you know, those are, those are issues that maybe people like us don't have because we don't have that singular thing that we are expected to do. I mean, we're not basketball players, tennis players musicians i mean that's that's your whole life it becomes your whole life so it's easy to get trapped in a box where you just do the one thing and you're supposed to you know you're expected to do it at a really high level yeah i'm aware and that my life lacks meaning <laughs> it's not that it lacks meaning it's just that there's not that singular thing that 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 you're expected to do at this high level that people pay you a lot of money to like do and expect at a certain level and you know i i could see very quickly where that would drive drive most people crazy i think it does drive a lot of people crazy you see those those people who who live those kind of lives just like lose it like yeah in their as they get older but you know to to find ways to, around that is a, is a is a is a smart strategy i heard an actor give an interview where he said if you wanted to be he's like if you want to act act but if you want to be famous do literally anything else and i think being a musician is the same way that you have to love the music and i think neil based on that document uh sorry, documentary that we watched. He really did love the music, but not necessarily a lot of anything that came along with it. Yeah, I don't think he loved being a rock star, but no. I think he loved playing the music. And that's and that's uh that's a funny uh that's also that that sort of double edged sword. It's like the the fame allows you to do it. Right. At a at a certain level, but Right, because also... you have to be famous enough to do it to to make the living so you can do it. Yeah. 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 So anyway. Well, I'll miss Neil Peart. But the um but the uh, we'll uh, we'll always have the music, so that's uh, that's an important that's an important thing. Is there an outro I should use this week? Do you rec- have a recommendation? Um, no, nah, we could. Uh, yeah, well, you could play subdivisions. I think subdivisions is like is my 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 favorite my favorite Rush song. So 
let's throw that onto the the outro today all right sounds great well that's our show and our thanks to all of you for listening to the two on three pod where we hope you're surviving any wintry weather that might be coming your way if you don't already please subscribe and or review wherever you get your podcasts and don't be shy about sharing your thoughts and suggestions for the show this week please send me your prayers before two small children murder me leave me for dead and eat my body we'll be back next week with more pop culture life strategies and existentialism and until then peace